We are just four weeks away from ECW's first ever pay-per-view. It is Sports Arena's Extreme Rewind with myself, Paul, and joined, as always, by Jay. Hey, then, Jay. I'm not bad. Is it really only four weeks away from the, the ECW's first ever pay-per-view? It's hard. Well, we'll be reviewing it next week, but in ECW, it's four weeks away. Just to- so... Clarify. Yeah, so in real time for, for them, in, in 1997, where we find ourselves, it's only yep. four away. It's coming up on April the 13th. <laughs> you would have thought they would have mentioned it. It's, it's um, probably the best kept secret. More uh, so than their... Uh, regret that you'll never forget. I oh, know that's something else. It's a bigger secret than their invasion of the WWE. <laughs> I was thinking, before we go forward, let's, let's continue to go back. I was thinking about that invasion after we did the show in the middle of the night in the when, night when I woke you should have been asleep but dead <laughs> yours it's, it's not far off the truth and I, and I was sitting there thinking about it and I thought what a great opportunity to do a shoot an almost an almost shoot legit version to rival the NWO yeah I mean at the time the NWO was the hottest thing in wrestling no one disputes that what a great time to actually have a promotion that wasn't invited, just be there in the crowd and start hijacking the show and have your commentators and that's so scared to actually stop them and say, this is our show now. We're taking it over. Who dares stop us? And all these guys who don't use weapons and all that were a little bit sort of timid of, you know, getting confrontational because they're a little bit rowdy and a little bit different. Mm. What a really good opportunity. And eventually, obviously, they get beaten down, blah, blah, blah. But, wow, they could have really done something with that. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like on a lot of levels that there could have been something more. And mm. and I know they only wanted something a little bit quick and they're just pushing for the pay-per-view and stuff like that. And I know there's other stuff that comes up in a little while that they do. But, yeah, it's just a very strange... Um, you know, I was, just, I was just thinking it's just a different angle from it. And I thought... It's probably the most obvious angle in hindsight. They had the third biggest promotion with a hardcore, rabid fan base, and they could have basically just done it as "fuck you, we're taking over your company and your like station yeah. and all that." And because of the way ECW was, it would have been believable. If WCW yeah. turned up, you'd have thought, okay. But ECW, the, the kind of ones that you thought, oh my God, ECW have just turned up on Raw and are holding it hostage. And you would sort of think, this this probably is, but there's a chance that, is this really happening? Yeah. Because who would want to, you know, if you had people like New Jack in that there, who would really want to stop them? I don't know. After watching the Dark Side of the Ring, New Jack, not me. It's good, isn't it? Have you seen the Brawl for All one yet? I've started, um, it's but uh, it's it's one of about five programs that I've tried to start watching tonight and uh, have got about 12 minutes in. So, um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Brawl for All is good. It's that in the um, Edge documentary, right? But yeah, like I said, we are um, Sports Arena. It's Extreme Rewind. We are March 18th, 1997, episode 204. We're covering four weeks here. And then we're at the pay-per-view, which conveniently is next week. So it's next um, week, you say? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we start off um, with a wild brawl. Everyone's trying to get to everyone. Raven says he's going to take out Stevie. New Jack's music hits. And he sort of jumps off a sign onto loads of ECW. (sighs) Um, At least they were fighting underneath, though. Yes. So it was, they were content, they were at least acting one eye on New Jack, but, but we are brought rather than the whole. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're waiting oh, for no. New Jack to finish dancing before he jumps off on them. Yeah. Um, Mustafa, who has come out at the same time as New Jack, has come out through the curtain and is fighting with everyone whilst New Jack prances around before jumping off. Um, so he gets wiped out by New Jack as much as everyone else does. Um, so odd, I think, is 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 the best word for it. Uh, you know, uh, no real context as to why any of this is happening. I, I kind of 
thought that maybe this was like the run on from last week's TV, but it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, just just a set piece of of everyone brawling, everyone fighting, and then Jack throwing throwing himself off of uh, an entryway onto everyone, including his own partner. Yeah, I mean, again, if this is the continuing after the WWE thing, and they're sort of on commentary being like, "This isn't your Monday night," you know. Raw, this is extreme where anything yep. can happen, anything really can happen. It would again, would but I just need to let that go and move on with my life. Until, I think so. Until Jerry Lawler turns up, yes, I might have I might have watched that in one of my night wake ups the other day as well. And my just God, to, to placate yourself from his promo is unbelievable, it's pretty good. He has been already on fire with this. Um. And, you know, as I said, when we were watching it originally, when we were watching it back the other day, um, I was watching wrestling at this time. I remember some of these feuds and some of these matches. I do not remember ECW turning up. And I do not remember Jerry Lawler just absolutely schooling them. Mm. Yeah. Promo class, isn't it, I guess. But the problem is they didn't have their big talkers there. Yeah, Taz wouldn't have been schooled by him. But Heyman is is was at that point, was before then and still is now, considered one of the best talkers in the business. And just couldn't touch him. <sighs> he is, but he he's never it's been a while since he was confronted with a good talker. In that sort of I mean, Todd Gordon could school, all the others he could ECW you know, some they were like good, but none of them were really. Their promos were different. Sandman was just like shouting out "Yo" and smashing his head, and it was a different sort of. But he's the he should have been the master because he's the one who's who's created this new art form. Yeah. Of of shoot. This is true. And, and and worked shoot. I'll I'll you know I'll completely you know. But that that snug inside was he meant to say that is is. His game. His creation in, in to a degree. I mean, at least, you know, he's the the one who's who's capitalized and marketed it. Um and someone came in and played his own game and beat him on it. Oh, massively. Um so we then go to highlights from Hostel City Showdown nineteen ninety seven, Rob Van Dam versus Taz. Best match I've seen between these two. Don't know if yep. it wasn't Van Campbell just because but it's a pretty decent match, nice chemistry. Taz picked up the win, but it's worth going back and watching. We then are joined in... Sorry, go on. I don't know whether that was the first fan dominator of the throw the chair, catch it and kick him in the face. Oh, good shout. Good shout. I'd agree with that. I think it's... I um... don't remember seeing that as a... Because the whole thing has been, you know, them building this up. And, and again, it comes up in, in, in further matches between the two in this block of... Um, you know, you can have your chair, you can have your whatever. I don't need weapons. I am the weapon. Yeah, my hands. So he weapon. won't, he won't hold it. He won't pick it. And then you know, RVD throws it to him, and he catches it. And RVD follows it up with a kick to the face. Yeah, um, that's or true. as be. as we become, as we find it to be known, the Van Daminator. Yeah, he's assisted by someone else holding it. But I guess yeah. we'll find out in the future. Um. Yeah, so joining in progress, Brian Lee versus Terry Funk. They start the match already outside. Terry Funk, who is 53, does a moonsault from the ropes to the outside, which is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, he then does another moonsault off the top rope onto Lee on the floor and picks up, was it DDT then, onto Garbage Camp for the win? Was... Yeah, yeah. So, um so uh, there are i have a few problems with this um and one of them is i know you're doing kind of like the middle-aged and crazy you know the the godfather of extreme thing with terry funk but we've yep. got yet another match with him with brian lee for no reason at all now because you know that's that's not the feud and that's not even in the wheelhouse of the feud but all right um you know, some something less is more. Something more is more. This is just why are you doing that much? You know, you you don't need on this show to be doing moonsaults to the outside uh, and everything else. Um, 
and uh, then the final bit for me is um, Terry Funk seems to in these episodes, and this is the first time, but it goes on, have moved away from um, his, his spinning toehold as a finish, which I'm not against because um, I've I've been fairly critical of that from the beginning. Yep. Um, but he's now doing a DDT <laughs> with Raven and Tommy Dreamer, and and it's it's kind of this weird like you know everyone does the same three moves, um, and and I have a, a real issue with Tommy Dreamer becoming Raven, which we'll get into and get into and get into. Um, but Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer stealing Raven's move was one thing. Now Terry Funk's taken the DDT, maybe in tribute to his protege who's got out of the way so he can be in this match. But it just means that he's also doing the DDT. I don't understand why like, Tommy Dreamer is even in the running for this match. No. I can't remember the no. last match he won. Um, no, he's no, especially not a singles match. Yeah, Shane Douglas has beaten him up. Brian Lee's beaten up for months, never beaten Raven. Yep. Like, what? No, he, apart from being loyal, yeah, and trying hard, I, bless him. I, I just think in the last over this time since he's been announced, the win loss record Terry Funk is over him, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. He's actually um, beaten people. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, I, I know this is a, a complaint that I have and will continue to have, but the storytelling of, and at least this one was, was on the trash can, but the storytelling of, I can beat you with every single weapon in the world. I can smash you with chairs. I can throw you through tables. I can blah, 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 blah. Yeah, DDT knocks you out. Yeah. I struggle with, with that logic of. And I, I get it if it is that you've got someone like Raven who is the master of the DDT as, as Jake, the snake was before him and therefore has perfected this move to such a level that it's just like, you know, on the money. Um, but when everyone does it, it just becomes a little bit difficult, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird, um, weird choice, especially when, like it's almost like if it wasn't Terry Funk, it'd be like one of the sort of things, isn't it? You do moonsault, 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 moonsault. The finishes, you know, yeah. DDT cover. Even though it's one of them sort of dropping your head technically should be, but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, but this is the problem. If it's a kill shot, then it's protected. Well, especially uh, it's just yeah, it's just rough. It should just in the power driver if it's going to do some sort of move like that. Yeah, I, I just I, always did. I must yeah. say, if he's going to do a basic sort of thing, he should have done a pile drive because he was doing that for years anyway. Yeah, you know, one of it, that that kind of pull up pile driver kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, anything. Like, I have an issue with the fact that it's yet another person in a feud with Raven who's adopted Raven's finisher. Yeah, because they all become a little bit homogenized, and I will spend a huge chunk of time in this episode talking about how absolutely incredible the Eliminators are literally best in the world kind of levels um, and how the Dudleys have suddenly become something incredible. And one of the big things through, through both of them is they have a unique style and they have such a unique finish. Yeah. And then you get into the singles where, you know, everything's a DDT or a version of exactly the same three finishes. Yeah, now the 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 finishes and they're all protected as well. Yeah, as in the teams and that because it goes and back. Not necessarily that they they win every time they're hit, but there's a reason. And if someone was to kick out of one of them, then it's hyped up as to be this ridiculous, you know, oh my god kind of thing, rather than just like one, two, no. And they would sell it as such. They would sell it as. And we have new. Oh my god, they're kicked out. It'd be that sort of yeah, which is um, or or and again easier with with um, tag teams. But it's broken up, so it's not that they've kicked out; it's that they've been saved. Yeah, 
but yeah, anyway, Terry Funk. Yeah, Terry Funk wins. Todd Gordon then announces pay-per-view. There'll be Sandman versus Stevie versus Funk will face, and the winner goes on to face Raven for the world title later in the night. Boom, it's happening. Much joined in progress. Shane Douglas versus Pitbull won. I thought this was strange because I naturally assumed this was the pay-per-view match. Yep. Um, it's not. He's against Pitbull 2. Two. Yep. yep. Um, Shane basically gets Pitbull's head ties in ropes while Francine is screaming, I quit, 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 quit. Loved this. So this was the, the, the I Quit match. Yeah. Um, and they'd built it up last week with, you know, the, they'd cut the Francine, you know, Gary, it's simple. You only need two words. I quit. I quit. I, and it, it reminded me a lot of wo- women when they were doing that with the Sandman. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I loved I loved the build up. I loved what they were doing. Um, I loathed the fact that this match again is um, all about the full Nelson. Yeah. Um, and how they're trying to break each other's neck with the full Nelson. Full Nelson didn't break the fucking neck. The full Nelson's nothing to do with it. So why the full Nelson's to become this dominant kind of you know? Oh no, he's got the full Nelson on him. Um, especially you can understand it to a degree if you want to tell the story of Gary Wolf's neck can't be a hundred percent. So if well, you're yeah. doing that, then you know, God, that's dangerous. But why that would suddenly break Shane Douglas's neck, I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing, it should be the single arm sort of DDT on the belt, yeah. kind of what did him. But yeah, no, I understand Shane Douglas using it as a move to sort of put pressure on a non-heeled neck. But yeah, the other way around is... is but the finish on this is that... Um, Pitbull won. Uh, that Francine steals the timekeeper's hammer. Yeah. And goes up and is... Uh, whacks someone with the bell and all the road and distracts. And then goes up and is... is seems to be loosening the, the ropes. And you don't quite get understand why or whatever until what happens is... Um, Shane Douglas throws Gary Wolf in. He does the flip and he gets his neck caught like Mick Foley always used to do. Um, yeah. Which obviously you can do because they've loosened the ropes. So there's that, that flexibility. And then as Gary Wolf is trying to get out and Shane Douglas is pummeling him whilst he's there, Francine is tightening the ropes back up, tightening the ropes around that, that surgically repaired neck. Um uh, and I thought it was just an amazing spot. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Just, just the, the 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 creativity of, you know, this was our game plan, and he's trapped, and now I'm going to squeeze him by by tightening and tightening and tightening. I thought it was this brilliant. is like this. This is a pay per view caliber finish. Yeah. This if this was that sort of barely legal, it would have been absolutely insane finish. And to keep heat on Shane and everything else. Yeah. Um, so Pitbull 2 runs out to make the save. He's then jumped by the rest of the triple threat. They're choking him. And, uh, you know, the story is that Gary Wolf ends up quitting to save his partner who's being choked in front of him um, because he can't get to him to save him. Yeah. Which was, you know, fair enough. But again, you know, as, as to your point, and I don't know whether it was a setback or in his healing or whatever, but why that's not the pay-per-view main event, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It should be on there. It should be the end of the future for those two. But is what it is. Um, we get a promo by the Masked Man. Very Easter-inspired uh, promo. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, Struggling with his promos already. I can't lie. I have no understanding of this. I have no understanding why he's here. I have no understanding why he's in a mask. I have no understanding why um, they are now calling him Rick Rude. Um, so it's all of the kind of that, you know, is he, could it be, you know, that's gone. They are saying Rick Rude. Um, and there's, you know, a question as to whether it is, but it is, but the, um, I, I do love the fact that he's fearful Francine. Um, I love the fact that she's the, this, you know, absolutely, She's the, the crown jewel of everything. She's the most precious thing in um, in ECW. Um, I love yeah. that. Um, so, you know, it, it, and just the fact that he's an absolute 100% perv. There's no prince at all. It's all perv. 
um i just think it's amazing so you know his his easter themed thing is you know shane there's a in pittsburgh your hometown it's easter and there will be a basket and in that basket for you will be rabbit poo um i think he says droppings or something but rabbit shit um and then francine in your basket there will be um edible underwear my size that i'll be wearing and it's just the most kind of random but made me made me pop made me laugh um craziness uh, and i love uh, you know he's he's basically here to to fuck francine well yeah it's he just to fuck with the franchise fuck <laughs> francine but I said it's Shane Douglas called it. He's confirmed it again. It's just a different side of the view. I mean, obviously because of what's going on, he can't wrestle, so yep. they're making it slightly different. Um, Rude walks off. As Rude walks off, Shane runs in. Like, where is he? Where is he? Calls him Rude, um, basically for the first time. Said he's got the tape from Japan that shows why he's not the man that he was. Basically, talked about the Sting match where he did the backdrop and damaged his back. On the outside, and um, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, and Francine we, wants to know what flavor the underwear was. <laughs> we then get the Eliminators versus the Dudley Boys. Um, great match, as you said. Stunning, stunning match. Yeah, I mean, considering they haven't really done much, great tag team chemistry between these. I mean, the Dudley's boys. still really early in their tag career. They've only been together for, you know, a month or so now at this point. Yeah, if that, yeah. And, I mean, it's hard to tell because of the, the pace we're watching with them. It, we've, we've found that time kind of is a, is, is a bit tricky for us. But, um, yeah, they've not been together long and they... they they just have such incredible chemistry. Yeah. I mark my, my words. I think that Dudley boys team, I think they're going to go far. Um, they're amazing. I say it's the first title win. It's, it's huge. Yeah. So. And caught me by surprise. I, I it was, I, I was surprised that they switched the tag titles. Um, to them so quickly. I'm surprised that the gangsters are so, you know, the, the bridesmaids to this entire thing. Um, you know, even when they're doing the triple threats, it's all about the Dudleys versus the Eliminators. And then the gangsters are there kind of in the background almost. Um, but yeah, really, really good. It's their first title win. They get a promo with Joel going on with the Duddy Boys, basically celebrating this fact, which is decent. Sandman versus Balls Mahoney. I guess, is this the first kind of balls? Chair shots? So he's he's turned up in a couple of other things in um, a little bit earlier, at the beginning of the year. I think his first show in ECW was around January. Um, so we've seen him in a couple of Battle Royals and all the rest of it. But um, this is... This is the real kind of coming out party for the chair swinging freak, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he didn't really have an intro here and all the rest of it. I, but I don't know at this point whether he's already uh, coming out to, to ACDC Big Balls or whether that's something that comes through a little bit later. Um, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I was enjoying... Well, so I was enjoying the work. I do find the chair shots, and I love Balls Mahoney, and I love Balls Mahoney chair shots. I do find them hard to watch with the yeah. 2020 sensibility. That's what we've said before, and it obviously it's, it's hard to sort of go back and see a lot of these things knowing what we know now yeah, and what everyone knows. But um... <sighs> yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it is just rough. It's so rough, all of it. But um, more pay-per-view hype sort of thing. You know, shit's getting pretty real now, isn't it? Yep. Sam and one by a leg drop off the top. Didn't mean that. Uh, promo by Rick Rude again. We don't get Sabu versus Spike Dudley. Sabu won. 
uh, and actually spoke. I never thought he spoke in ECW. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Um, but he did. He, he did very brief. much did. It's obviously brief, but spoke nonetheless. Uh, Bill Alfonso comes out, confronts Sabu, and Sabu destroys him. Show ends. We then go to the 25th of March, 1997, episode 205. We're showing Pitbull in the rope saying, I quit, that we saw. We get a promo from the Pitbulls and the masked man, Rick Rude. Um, obviously, we find out that Shane's against Pitbull number two. Then get Axel Rossen versus Terry Funk. This just kind of ends up in a weird brawl where basically Funk ends up hitting Sandman, uh, Dudley's, uh, Lee, Eliminators, Raven. Yeah, there's a load of people who run down. Well, basically, Raven's in the one where he's in the stands. It's kind of like a nice, yeah, a nice touch because basically he's almost there, and everyone is just like a pawn in his game. It's kind of this for his character is quite decent. Yes. So um, the Dudleys and Primetime Brian Lee run down to beat up yeah. Terry Funk, which sort of makes sense in the sense that they've all been Raven's lackeys previously. Yeah. However, it doesn't make sense in the sense that none of them are technically Raven's lackeys currently. Mm. Um, so no idea. Um, then Sandman and Tommy Dreamer run in to make the save. Yeah. It's unclear as to why Sandman has been moved to come in to make the save. Um, maybe it's because at the last return of Tommy Dre- of uh, Terry Funk, it was Sandman who brought him back. That brilliant moment where Cactus Jack pulls off the, the, the was it the box or the blanket or yeah, something? Pulled, yeah. And it was, was Funk in, in, in Sandman's outfit. That was so cool. It was incredible. Um, which set up the dream partner match the year before. Um, so maybe it's to do with that link, but I don't know. Um, but just again, slightly weird in the sense that Sandman's against him in this triple threat at the pay-per-view. So why he's running out to make the save, I'm not sure. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a nice little... Again, everything's just filler to the pay-per-view now. It's just a bunch of crazy, yes. crazy bits to get everyone sort of ready for everything. So, um, Eliminators, heel or face? Face, I think. Yeah, they've very much, like, become... Sort like, of face. Uh, but... like the gangsters before them, like Public Enemy before them. Yeah, they they kind of transition, then make the next team. Um, but they they seem to have um, the, the 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 brilliance and the curse of the ECW crowd is because it was kind of your first smart crowd. They recognise and respect the work ethic and the moves. So as much as they might be doing dastardly things, they're doing it with such beautiful looking shots and incredible moves and um you know their 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 uh martial arts style and all the rest of it that i can't i don't think you can help but be a fan as to how they do the horrible horrible acts that they do yeah i agree with that no they're just they're one of these and they just you can't help but just be a fan because they're just Mm. their style is very like face like I guess because it's just like so sort of amazing um, where are we at now promo from Terry Funk he wants to be the ECW champion bet on the Funker yes so put on, bet on the Funker uh, BWO music uh, video they use the real music here I miss that. They used the real BWO music. So I don't know if it's a... A miss on the the dubbing, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll find out whether... Maybe the BWO music wasn't the BWO music before. Maybe there was Mm. a music that was made beforehand, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we just assumed it was always that song, but they might have been using a real song until now. 
Yeah, fair point. Um, so they get highlights of Balls and Sandman from last week, and then they get Balls and Sandman again. Another wild match, so near the pay per view, but Sandman wins with a schoolboy roll up. Took me a minute to work out that this wasn't just because it starts with highlights from the previous match and then goes yeah. into the, the next match. So it took me a minute to kind of find my feet on it and work out what, what had happened and where we were. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little feud before the feud, isn't it, really? It's, yeah. it's keeping them on TV, keeping them strong, but almost sort of helping someone else along as they go, I guess. So, no problem with that. We didn't get a promo by Eliminators, basically saying they're not laughing anymore. Obviously, Cronus normally known for laughing. The promo's not laughing. Yeah. So, it's kind of, you know, shit's getting serious, and it's their way of doing a serious promo. So was this their first time promo? You know, uh, we yeah. remember the first time we went to school, we got laughed at. And we remember the first time yeah. that we, you know, we, we were invited to the cool kid party and we said we couldn't go because we had, you know, karate training. And we remember, we remember, we remember. Um, and uh, this will be the first time that we win the ECW championships at the ECW arena, I think. Um, yeah. You remember your, remember your first time being the champions and um so, I mean, I know this is a bit of a side, but um, Bruce Pritchard on Something to Wrestle With uh, has done two episodes now on The Radicals. It was one of the very early ones and then um, uh, one of the later ones. And it's talking about the famous jump from WCW to WWE of Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero and Perry Saturn. Yeah, and one of the things he's said before was, you know, this they they they'd made it clear they came as a package. There's question marks as to whether Shane Douglas was attached to it, and depending on who you speak to, you get a slightly different story. Um, but um, what they said was, you know, it, it, almost like buying a bundle of of you know action figures or anything else. You kind of look through and you kind of go, well, I definitely want that one, and I really want that one, and you know, these two extra, that's that's great. Um, and and Bruce Pritchard on the podcast was saying that actually the two they were looking at, the two they really wanted to get their hands on and thought were stars in the making were Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn. And yeah. they didn't really see the the upside in Eddie Guerrero. And it was only when he was in and he started and, and you know they got to know him more that they really kind of fell in love with Eddie Guerrero. Um, and they knew they were getting a solid worker in Dean Malenko, but it was never going to be a, like a WrestleMania level. But it always, fa- I always found it funny that they saw something in Perry Saturn because mm. outside of being a, a, a decent wrestler, I never saw any like massive like star potential in him. But this run with the Eliminators, if, this, if these were the tapes I was watching, my God, he feels like a star. He feels as if he's going to be the breakout you know, if they stay in ECW, he feels like he's he's a future ECW champion. Um, because everything he does, his promos have an intensity. Um, that they, they've got quite a good hook. They're quite you know well thought out. Um, he's legit in the ring. You know, he he just looks like a tough, mean son of a bitch. Um, yeah. All of his favourite stuff, I think, that I've enjoyed with him has all been tag team stuff. I'm trying to think. WCW Jericho stuff was good. When he made the dress, he sort of turned it into his own. Yeah. And got it a lot more over than it should have been. But really, like it, when he teams with Raven near the end and they were feuding against um, Benoit and Malenko, yeah. that, they were, that was some pretty good stuff. Because I remember, like, but that was Raven. I think more was funny the promos because that was the one where they said about, "Oh, you two are back together," and he's like, "I know we broke up. When were we going out?" And uh, <laughs> doing all that with me, and Gene. He was like, "I'll be serious." That was a good promo. Sorry, it's having a moment. But um, yeah, promo. but um, as a singles, uh, I, he never really clicked. No, as a tag team, I think he's probably one of the best, like, well, underrated sort of tag teams. There I are. mean, him and Cronus just do look ridiculous, and and the 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 the, the snugness and the, the 
the realism of Saturn and the intensity of Saturn and then just the athleticism of Cronus. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd I mean, like just... to know the, the backstory why WCW didn't try and take Cronus. Yeah. Because Saturn really was just... All right, he got the TV title, but apart from that, he was just in the flock. He didn't really do a lot until eventually he turned on Raven. So to bring him in with Cronus and have a solid tag team to go against your Harlem Heats, your Steiner brothers, yeah, and, outsiders. I, mean, I don't know whether it's that they were a little bit shy on tag teams after the public element debacle, but, you know, incredibly different team. Oh, yeah, they would have been. But, um, yeah, so that never happens. Um, and then got the Mishinoku Pro, six man. Um, kicks out the Doomsday device, but Taka's team picks up the win nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, solid match. What I, I, I loved is it, it, it had that Japanese feel in the sense that the crowd were quiet, but appreciative and applauding. Um, it, it felt very different in ECW. Um, and even with their, 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 their quite worldly style and their, their, their quite cosmopolitan style that you've seen, kind of like the, the Lucha style and all the rest of it, it felt a little bit weirdly out of place not because it was a work ethic match but just yeah it, it didn't quite yeah, i mean this is obviously their hunt to replace the luchadors and they're yes. trying to fill that void to find the next promotion the next style that people haven't seen so yes which i think they do then style from them this yes. time around um smothers joined created their F- light heavyweights with them yeah most of them smothers joined which is exactly FBI. what wcw did with um Cruiserweights. uh the, the cruiser their um mexican wrestlers yeah Anyway, Smothers joins the FBI. There he is. Um, yeah, for no reason whatsoever. But he's in there and there's no problem with that. It was then the FBI versus Chetty and Spike. This didn't last long, but Taz came um, climbing out, basically cleaned house. Taz plexes everywhere, says, Sabu, get the fuck out here. Sabu comes out and they brawl for a second and they split up. Yeah, everyone comes out and breaks them up. And again, it's kind of a who's who of, of stuff. So why these people are out there pulling them apart, I have no idea. I think Shane Douglas was out there um, at one point. Um, and I think Tommy Dreamer was out there. And, and it's just that kind of why? why, why, why it's why we've addressed you... before, isn't it? Yeah. I know that it's, it's a smaller roster, but you just, come on. Just pick relevant, unrelevant people. Or just don't do it like this. I mean, uh, there must be uh, a level of people that you're just saying, you know, you hang back. And... You know the likes of your 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 champions, if they have no kind of logic as to why they would be out there, just don't have them out there. Exactly. Um, so that happened. Promo by Taz says that he's got Tabu so annoyed now he's calling him out. Talk about Sabu's beat the Tasmaniac, but this isn't the Tasmaniac anymore, and things like that. And it's got your favourite line in. Uh, I was quite enjoying this promo. I thought it was quite a good promo. I liked what he was doing in regards to, you know, I, you know, I, I get you and I'm under your skin and, you know, it's so hot that you're calling me out now. And, you know, you've, you've never beaten Taz, but you have beaten the Taz maniac and I'm a very different animal and blah, 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 blah. Um, and in true to ECW form, uh, just a couple of minutes too long. Yeah. Someone should have said, said cut because he gets into this weird loop about um i want you and i want you so bad i can taste you and i love the how you taste and i can taste you and i'm not i, I want to take a bite out of you and i'm not going and i'm going to eat you all up and i'm not gonna and you can see that he's kind of got stuck in this uh this this kind of logic this this he's gone down this kind of um thought path um and he's trying to riff on this kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a bow out of you and I want you so bad that I can taste it. I can taste it. I can taste your blood and I can taste it. But it, it doesn't come across as kind of like this, this cannibalistic, animalistic, you know, attack. It just becomes quite weirdly homoerotic. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's kind of like one of those like, uh, you know, we, the, the first five minutes of that were great why it needed to be nine minutes or however long and why, why we needed to keep him running when he's, he's just, he's circling, he's looping the same conversation because he can't quite talk it through to a 
point where he feels natural finishing it. Um, and yeah, just just again, ECW with the 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 edit button would have been fantastic. Not every single thing that comes out of every single person's mouth is always gold. Sometimes the edit is your friend. Oh, massively! Like you said, less is more. He'd done it. He'd sold it. He'd finished it. It was great. But yeah, so another thirty seconds, please. Um, April the first, nineteen ninety-seven, episode two hundred and six kicks off with Shane Douglas trying to unmask the masked man, which he doesn't succeed. Then we get an intro. Uh, we get a promo by Raven, uh, basically talking about the Sandman. Completely dismisses Stevie Richards again which yeah. I still believe Stevie at some point obviously was planning to beat Raven or some description before yep. Raven left because it was very much like leading up to something. Um, yeah. So it's a really good promo. Um, I mean, he does just go into, again, you know, that, that, that train of thought promos that they're doing. He goes into quoting song lyrics like hugely. Um and probably not needed, you know, his, his, his original stuff or quoting the odd lyric in a, in a, you know, deep and meaningful and emo way that we all have done is one thing, but when you're just sitting there, just reciting lyric and verse, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're not doing it as a dramatic reading, then why bother? Um, so, um, yeah, it was a little bit weird. Um, the two things that, that, took me out of this promo in, 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 in interesting ways, in good ways, not really in kind of like, you know, ways, um, was firstly, um, that shiny new belt looks lovely. Yeah. Everyone's had belt upgrades for the pay-per-view. Um, the tag titles look fantastic. Uh, the, the TV title looks amazing. That shiny new ECW heavyweight championship, world heavyweight championship, looks a lovely bit of belt. Um, and then the other bit that, that took me out on this, watching this promo, is he's had his hair cut. Yeah. Um, and the reason that took me out is because, you know, firstly, he's had his hair cut and he's had a fair amount of hair cut off. It's still long, but it's kind of, you know, up to his neck now rather than kind of beyond his shoulders. Um, but then when we go to the match in a little while, he hasn't. So, uh, and next week when he does a promo, he hasn't. So this promo was actually cut after both of those, I assume. Unless it's just that he's, he's, you know, managed to style his hair differently. But it looks as if it was cut to me. Yeah. I mean, I think he had it cut. It looked like slightly shorter. I thought so. Got a fresh new pay-per-view cut, in there. Yeah. Um, a weird match. So Raven and Shane Douglas versus Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. All right. I'm going to go through all my notes on this because quite a lot happens. Go for it. First of all, Raven and Douglas as a team. Who felt more of the man? I kind of felt they put Shane Douglas more, but he got the entrance and. Yeah. Um, because it should be Raven. Raven's we, the main event. Yeah, He's absolutely. The champion. I, I, we've talked about how they've managed to elevate that TV title um, and how big Ray, uh, Shane Douglas has been about elevating that TV title. And I think that's shown here as well. With Francine, with uh, the gold, um, I think he just feels a big deal at the moment. Um so yeah, I I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree that it, I I think it came across as if um Shane uh, you know Shane held the 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 top title and and Raven held the the B title. Whereas in actual fact it's the other way around. Yeah, that's what I felt. Um how can uh, Dreamer be feuding with everyone that he's not even in any pay-per-view match? <laughs> which I still think's um strange. Could have just made it a fatal four-way. I mean, yeah, he's 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 fought everyone, 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 everyone. He's he's feuding with everyone on the roster, like he's feuding with everyone at the same time. Yeah, yeah, but somehow 
If you he slide him into match. a match with Candido, that would, I don't know, Candido's injured, but if you slide him into a match with Candido, it would make sense. If you slide him in a match with primetime Brian Lee, it makes sense. If you slide him into a match with Raven, it makes sense. If you slide him into the, the, the four way, it makes sense. Jesus, I mean, you could probably make you know, a, a case for him being in Sabu versus Taz, to be honest. Um, yeah, the fact that there's not a space for him on the card when he has literally got bad blood with every single person on this card is weird. That's it. You could have just put him in the first match, get the crowd going. His music hits, yep. boom. But anyway. Um, yeah, so where are we at? The triple threat destroy Dreamer in the crowd. Funk has Raven beat, but decides to run out to the crowd to save his mate. Raven then has Funk in the spinning toe hole. Stevie comes out, super kicks Raven. Sandman comes out and canes everyone. Raven and Stevie continue to brawl to the back. Funk, Funk hits Ray, uh, uh, Douglas with a DDT. The match is going on. Douglas hits a belly to belly, but Raven appears out of nowhere and pins Dreamer for the win. Yes. That's pretty much everything, right? Yes. It was uh it was wild, but it's there. It was decent. I mean it, it was it was enjoyable for what it was. Um I don't think it again, you know, the 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 pay-per-view was probably about a month later than it needed to be. Because a lot of this is is, you know, how do we keep this ticking over whilst yeah. we we wait out this final month. Agreed. Yeah, no, it is. They're just trying to plod along the best that they um the best they can. And then you've got the Dudley Boys versus Gangsters versus the Eliminators. Um <clears throat> again, fun match, good match. This this could have been the barely legal match to get everyone on the card. I'm not sure yep. if gangsters are involved. But I don't know. It's kind of one of them. I understand you don't want to get everyone on the card, but this is your first pay-per-view and people want to take a gamble on the pay-per-view. They wouldn't take a gamble on the show. So you'd thought you'd want to highlight everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because um, how many triple threat matches do you want on and multiple yeah, person cap? You know, you're, you're building the, 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 the triple threat of um, funk Sandman and Stevie. Um, so how many triple threats for how many championships do you want in one card, I guess? But you're yeah, right. But... I mean, you'd, you'd think that there's enough. Jesus, I mean, surely there's someone Tommy Dreamer can can tag with to take on the gangsters. As I'm saying, they could have done whatever. Bearing could, in mind, yeah. they laid out the pit bulls and he had to pick another partner to come in after being the partner who did the partnering and the partner. <laughs> They could have even put him in it as a Oh, no, he chose the gangsters. Fa- he was against the Eliminators. He could have even had a fatal four-way tag team title match and put him... Yeah. Actually, the tag team match is really good, so I won't slate that. But I'm happy the way it worked out. But yeah, so uh, Dudley boys win. Not surprising. So still champions. What did surprise me on this one was it starts off with Dudley's versus Eliminators. Then yeah. a few minutes in, the music hit and out come the gangsters. Bring out the, the weapons, mm-hmm. all, all of the, the standard stuff you expect, all of the greatest hits. What surprised me was the gangsters were eliminated first. So they had a really small part in this match. And then it went back to Dudley's versus Eliminators. So it feels yep. like the gangsters really have kind of cooled off really quickly because they've switched the heat to Eliminators and they've switched their heat to the Dudleys. I just feel they've got a new toy, haven't they? Yeah. But it's 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 always been incredible to me how well they've they've transferred that heat from the, the from the tag teams ever since the Public Enemy. Well, so my- Public Enemy got the gangsters over huge. The gangsters have got uh, you know, and they're the most popular team in ECW. The gangsters then got t- uh, the Eliminators over huge, and they're the best best tag team in the world. And the Eliminators have now transferred that within two matches all to the Dudleys who are you know just this this unstoppable team yeah I mean the thing that you, you obviously I've noticed about Paul Heyman is he's a big fan of a hill champion that's yes. his go-to he's a fan of the face chasing. chasing the hill so the Dudleys are the best hill tag team they have or have had 
since forever. Since the Eliminators. Yeah, but the Eliminators weren't an amazing heel tag team, though. I, I don't know. When they were, um, you know, hitting total elimination on, on Francine when she was with the Pitbulls and, you know, the only yeah, but... thing that I regret is that it wasn't Beulah, so we could have hit it on her and the baby. Yeah, true. They, they, they were, they were, it wasn't... they were hated when they came yeah. in and, and beat up, you know, the pit bulls and all the rest of it. They were, they were, they were, you know, pretty brutal at the time. Um, yeah, no, I'd give you that. And, and again, it's yeah. just that they're, they're, they're such a good team that I think they've transcended. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But um, yes, I think that's why he just loves them. Yeah, it's weird that the gangsters sort of being shuffled. They're involved, but they're just better not being involved. They're a really, spot at the moment. Yeah, they're a spot. They're nothing more than a spot. They come in, they 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 throw people around, they beat the the absolute living shit out of Devon, and then they go away. Um, bum, 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 bum. Sabu versus Lewis Picoli. The story of this match is basically the end where Taz runs out, attacks Lewis Picoli. You can hear him saying, "No one's going to hurt Sabu but me." I thought it was really good. I don't know why more people don't do this. Yeah. Um, and he picks this up at the in the promo in the end, but we've got Chris Candido on commentary. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says that, you know, I'm not going to be here to give you laughs and comedy. I'm, I'm a serious wrestler with with great amount of knowledge. And, and Joey Styles went, no, yeah, that's, that's what we want from you. So he did commentary and it was great because he was calling out, you know, things like should have hooked the leg there and didn't bridge that. And, you know, if, if you do that on Taz, Taz isn't going to let you get out from that. Taz is going to, you know, it, Taz is going to hit the bridge and Taz is going to keep those fingers. And um, throughout the story of it is him kind of going, you know, Taz has, Taz isn't going to get blown up like this, this, you know, fat so-and-so in the ring, uh, Louis Piccoli, who he's sort of feuding with. Um, uh, you know, Taz has got the second best conditioning in all of BCW behind me. Um, and then Joey Styles is sitting there going, so you're saying that you're better conditioned than Taz? And uh, Candido's there all the time just kind of going, don't don't try and start something, Styles. Don't try and stir shit. Um, and then that comes through at the end where uh, they're kind of wrapping up and Taz bursts in um, and uh, Candido kind of does the chicken shit heel kind of bit. Uh, but Taz, you know, respects him and thanks him for his, his advice and his comments and suggests that if he ever needs a favour, then Taz might be the guy. But that's where Taz is saying, um, you know, you're, you're the lucky guy. You've got the best insurance policy. Yeah, which is the promo that happens straight away. Yeah. Um, we then get a promo from Terry Funk, who's basically right in Raven's face. And, um, yeah. Yeah, in the locker room. Yeah, basically just more sort of shouting, gloating, and trying to get him. Yeah, I mean, Raven's promo just... earlier on, which, which we didn't reference, was all about his father. Um, and so the... the Terry so this Funk, episode is that next episode? It's covered in here, and then it goes into far more detail in the next one. So this oh, okay. one's referencing fathers and, and Terry Funk's father and, and Raven's father and things like that. Um, so, you know... Terry Funk's kind of sitting there kind of going, you know, I'm sorry your father was an idiot, but, you know, my father wasn't kind of thing. Um, and then the next one is when he really kind of doubles down into the father stuff. The next one for me is is a, a really good Raven promo. Yeah. So that ends the show. It's now the 8th of April, um, 1997, episode 207. Kicks off. This one is basically just pure promos. Yeah. Uh, promos by the Pitbulls. Obviously, hyping up their match about coming up against Shane Douglas. We get fan footage of Pitbull 2 versus Rob Van Dam. Yeah. We then get a promo from Shane Douglas and Francine, continuing to build it from the other side. What I loved about that, so the Gary Wolf one was very much about, you know, and he broke my neck and I couldn't believe he broke my neck and I walked around for two days with it broken and no one said, and then I went into the hospital and they tied me down and screwed things in and, you know, it was excruciating and all the rest of it. It's quite like a heartfelt thing. And then Shane Douglas kind of tracks himself from the NWA championship tournament and throwing that belt down and all the rest of it and then going away. And he said, but, um, you know, I needed to come back. There was, uh, there was a prize. There was something in ECW that, um, I needed, I wanted, and, and it was so valuable. It belonged to me and I wanted it and it was mine and no one else was good enough to have it. It had to be with me. And that was Francine. 
and again just that them elevating each other you know she is she is suddenly the most valuable thing in the world and because he's got her he is you know the absolute you know jock quarterback uh, you know prom king you know just the that that partnership is just absolutely brilliant he's put her on a pedestal that she's never been put on before and by doing so has raised his stock because this is the most wanted loved lusted after girl in the world and i'm the only one who can have her yeah no he's um yeah, he's done some amazing stuff him sort of building her up and vice versa uh, promo from the Dudleys again. We then get fan cam footage of Dudleys, Gangsters, and Eliminators. Yep, so they tried to do the same um, powder spot with Sign Guy Dudley they did in the last one. Uh, this time it goes slightly wrong, but they still managed to squeeze, squeak the win. Really bad pin from Devon on Perry Saturn. It was a roll-up that went badly wrong. Um, I don't understand on all of these why you have to do the ref distracted or the ref knocked out so someone can come in and hit with a chair or something when actually no one gives a fuck when the ref's up. So why are you doing ref bumps to, to allow that to happen? True. There we go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, primary by the Illuminators. Primary by Tommy Dreamer. Right. So Tommy Dreamer's promo. One. Yeah. Um, I have an issue with Tommy Dreamer doing his Raven impression. I've had it for a while. I've talked about it for a while. Um, he emulates, he's, he's taken Tommy Dreamer, uh, Raven's pose. He's taken Raven's finish. And then he's tried to take Raven's promo style of these fairly monotone, quite quiet, tortured soul kind of promos where, He's trying to say deep things about how pain isn't pain. It's just pain and, and all of this. Uh, and this one pushed me over because he's sitting there. He's sitting in, in like a basement somewhere. Um, he's wearing a band T-shirt with a leather jacket. And it looked very Raven. It looked very, very Raven, apart from it's Tommy Dreaver doing his Raven impression. Yeah. And I just thought it was very, very rip-offish and very, very rip-offish and very, very raven. And that's where I'm going to leave that until we get to the next bit. Oh. And the next bit is a promo by Taz. Okay, in a little while, but yes. So the (laughs) promo from Taz, by the way, uh, in in direct contrast to the Tommy Dreamer promo, who has nothing to fucking say because he's not on the fucking card. Yeah. Um. I stepped aside so my mentor can have a match. Then let him fucking talk. Um, this is it, though. It's becoming, it's becoming a bit of a martyr now. It's a bit like... Yeah, you, don't deserve a fuck. you haven't won a match in like six months. This is the thing. It's St. Tommy. Um, you know, so that... Uh, what was it? So that he can have a night that he'll... Night to remember and you'll have a night you'll never forget. That's the, yeah. that's the same thing. Um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, the Taz promo in contrast. Taz promo was absolutely amazing. As soon as I saw this, obviously I text you going, that yep. Taz promo on the last show, amazing. Basically. And I said back, essence, is it the one about tasting him? <laughs> I said, yeah, it is. Of course. Now, uh, he basically says. Uh, Just can't quit you. I'm going to choke you out. I have to choke you out. Uh, is is the whole just he has to beat Sabu? Yeah. He has no choice. Sabu has no choice. He's beating him, and uh, I just thought it was great. It was it was intense. It was it was this slow sort of long distance shot that slowly pumped, getting yeah. closer and closer and closer. He's, to it was just he moved the towel. It's just his face. He's kneeling nice. down. He's got his towel over his face. He's got the Team Taz banner behind him. You've got the yeah. uh, the shadow of the ring ropes on the wall. So he's back in his yeah. dojo. He's, you know, this is where I live. This is where I am. This is where I am every single day, pushing, training, whatever. 
um, and it comes to this, and I have no choice. You have no choice. I have to choke you out. And it was just, you know, he didn't get too animated with it. It was just cold-blooded. And again, he just comes across as the baddest fucker in the world. And you don't doubt that he is going to just wrap his arms around Sabu's throat and choke him the fuck out. Oh, massively. Like, yeah, just amazing work. Yep. And then we had another stinker from the Sandman. Yep. Uh, via satellite, Joey talking to the Sandman. Sandman not paying any attention, not any questions. He's sitting there, smashed a beer can, and moving on. Yep. Uh, BWO video we saw before. Yep. Where basically just loads of clips of Stevie and that. Moving on. Then get the Raven and the Funk promos, which I'm sure you'd like to go through. So, Raven. Um, I'll get into what he said and all the rest of it, because it was quite interesting and blah, blah, blah. But Raven comes on. And Raven is sitting in some sort of basement. And he's sitting. And he's got a leather jacket on. And he's got a band T-shirt. So it's very reminiscent of the, the look that Tommy Dreamer had. What makes it even more reminiscent... Is this the same fucking band T-shirt that Tommy Dreamer was wearing? <laughs> They're wearing the that. same T-shirt. <laughs> didn't notice that. It's, it is worth going back and checking just so you can kind of go, again, someone, please point out that they're wearing the same T-shirt. Is it, the, is it exactly the same T-shirt? Has he borrowed <laughs> it from him? Has he stolen? Has Tommy Dreamer now not only just stolen his pose, his girlfriend, his finishing move, his promo style, but also his clothes? Did they go to um, a concert together the night before? Probably. That's <laughs> 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 more, more likely to be the case. <laughs> but... <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, so the pro- so that that really bothered me because I already was I was was a little bit annoyed that Tommy Dreamer is just doing a Raven tribute act, and then it's the same fucking shirt. They've even got the same wardrobe now. Um, but Raven's promo was going back, and he's talking about you know losing, having the belt for the second time, losing the belt previously, taken off of him whilst he was in rehab. Um, and, you know, he was in rehab um, for various substances. And a guy who was on methadone trying to get clean said, you know, what would you be doing if you were out right now? And, you know, he was looking to score. And his thing was, you know, I, I, I've had my title taken away. And he's now being screwed again by, by Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman, who are trying to get him out again, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. it goes into this kind of, you know, my father. So, you know, every time I prove them wrong, I'm proving my father wrong. And every time I beat so-and-so, I'm beating my father. And when I beat you, Terry Funk, I will be beating my father. Um, and that real kind of, you know, you've, you've got, you've got Terry Funk, whose whole thing was, you know, it was my father's dream and my father was the best guy I know and blah, blah. And then you've got the Raven thing of um, my father was, was a drunk. My father was abusive. My father was everything. And uh, I'm I'm continually fighting to, against him rather than for him. So it's a really good yeah. kind of variance on it. Um, and and this isn't going to change. It's my belt. It's going to stay in my belt. Quote the champion forevermore. And uh, you know I know it's really dumb, and I know it's quite cliche. But the fact that after years now, at this point of quote the Raven nevermore, it was the champion forevermore going into this match, going into the first pay-per-view, going into this challenge for his championship. I just thought it really works. It really works. And it is exciting because next week we are watching ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, and I could not be more excited. This is a massive milestone for us. It's been a hell of a journey. Yeah, I was we... thinking about this before we recorded, and I'm quite excited about this because of what it represents and what it represents to you know i i think part of it is i'm 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 invested in this this little company that's that's you know grown and has got to the point where they're now on pay-per-view and i'm invested because you know 200 and something episodes ago we kind of sat there and went we'll get there and we are we're getting there this is this is a milestone in our journey from eastern to extreme with all episodes and specials in between um 
so it really is it's kind of got this weird kind of like you know excitement for something that happened 23 years ago oh it's it's like it's so cool i really am just like so excited for this um when was the last time you watched it what Bay illegal yeah um years ago so I think the last time I watched Bell Legal was when it was released on DVD, which would have been early 2000s. Yeah. Probably would have picked it up from HMV in Croydon because suddenly they had ECW DVDs. In no order. Nope. <laughs> nope. In no order. 99. Nope. Never stopped for to... Um Yeah. And I don't, it's not one of my favorite ECW pay-per-views, but I'm very excited about watching this next week. I'm very excited about talking about this next week. Um, And aren't we almost sort of somehow timing-wise at an anniversary? We are. So um, we will be two days past the 23rd anniversary of ECW Barely Legal happening. So ECW Barely Legal happened on, I've been led to believe, and it's only been mentioned once or twice, so it might be wrong, 13th of April, 1997, um, and we'll be recording on the 15th. So we will will be pretty much, you know, 23 years to the day since ECW Barely Legal actually happened. Which is, like, really crazy. Random, isn't it? When you, it really is when you work it all out. That's insane that it's worked out right near the anniversary of it, but that's, that's perfect for everyone to get involved and watch it with us. So definitely be pushing that heavily for everyone. But until then, uh, follow us on social media at underscore Sports Arena or Instagram or Twitter because you can imagine we're going to be dead excited this week and probably putting up loads of bits as if it really is pay-per-view week to get you hyped to watch this you know try and maybe get a little watch along or do something and a pay-per-view you can watch that has a crowd in it and entrances and everything yeah imagine having a crowd rowdy crowd yeah exciting a wrestling show with a crowd how very retro (laughs) but um yeah, until then, like I said, thank you very much. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, support, get involved. Like I said, watch it. Of course you're going to watch it. Everyone needs to watch it. Let's try and get as much feedback as we can about this show and um, have an absolute blast next week. ECW pay-per-view. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready. <laughs>